0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts chapter 17, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Were you with us last time? If you weren't, let me bring you up to date Paul and the boys made their way from Philippi and they went to Thessalonica and when they got into Thessalonica as was Paul's give me your attention as was Paul's normal practice he would go into the synagogue as soon as he got in the city he went into the synagogue and Paul gets into the synagogue there in Thessalonica and he preached Christ the bible tells us the last time we were together That Paul reasoned from the scriptures, and he opened to them the scriptures, and he proclaimed and explained the scriptures. Well, when Paul proclaimed and explained the scriptures, some of the Jews and the Greeks believed and some did not. Those that did not believe, they went into the city and they got the city all worked up. And the city people, they grabbed one of the disciples, his name was Jason, don't you remember? And they took Jason to the council, and they accused Jason, as well as Paul and Silas. Remember this accusation? They accused them of turning the world upside down with the preaching of the gospel. Would to God that any Christian in the triangle, not just Calvary Chapel, But would to God that that be an accusation that someone would say against us, those Calvary Chapel people, they are turning apex, the triangle, upside down with the preaching of the gospel. You see, we need to turn the world upside down because the world is currently turned upside down. And if we turn the world upside down, then the world will actually be right side up. Get the CD. Yeah, Would the God, that'd be an accusation. Hey, Rodney, Calvary Chapel people, you turn the world. Yeah, well, guilty as charged. Here, take me away. Put the handcuffs on. They accuse them of turning the world upside down. And isn't it the very interesting thing that we talked about this? If you missed any of our teachings, you can order them in the bookstore. They turn the world upside down without budgets and buses and programs and board meetings. And all of the cool stuff we have in the church today and projection and everything that we have in the church today. It seems that we're less effective today in the church with all of the things that we had. And they had nothing and they turned the world upside down. How? Why? Because they were moving and functioning and depending on the work of the Holy Spirit. Saints say amen. 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 So it really wasn't them. Remember we talked about, they were just giving God a blank check. My heart, my life. God, here's my heart, here's my life. You can fill it out the way you want. And whatever you want to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, then I'll say it, God. That's the way they functioned in the early church. Check it out. Read the scriptures. And they were mighty and they were powerful and they were effective. Well, if you were with us you know that's where we left off. And we're going to pick up. We left off in verse 9. The last time we were together, we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 17, saints. And we'll pick up in verse 10. This is one of my favorite texts in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17, we pick up in verse 10. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Then the brethren immediately, note, sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And in verse 11, this is a memory verse, saints. These were more fair minded. The King Jimmy says noble. These were more noble, more fair minded than those in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. The implication there in the Greek. And they did what saints search, search the scriptures? Daily. Thank you.
0: Amen.
1: They search the scriptures not once a week, Amen. not just on Sundays. Amen. They search the scriptures how, when saints, how often daily. Daily, daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, in verse 12, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. And then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. So in verse 15, those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens And receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul and Silas, they arrive in Berea, and as was their custom, as I mentioned, they would first go into the synagogue. When they arrive in the synagogue, listen, when they arrive in the synagogue at Berea, guess what they found? Students of the Bible they found these Bereans who the Bible tells us in verse 11 were more fair minded, more noble than those of Thessalonica. Why? Because they received the word with all readiness of mind. They searched the scriptures daily to find out if these things were so. In other words, listen, saints, when Paul preached the word of Jesus, the word of God, the Bereans they listened to the word and they took the word that Paul gave them they went home and they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was telling them was true Amen Amen Listen you have my permission Amen. Don't believe a word I tell you to a degree Amen. Amen. Search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Listen, guys, just because a man, a woman, a minister, a pastor, a bishop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen.
0: Amen.
1: That's another sermon. Can't wait to preach that one. An apostle even if Jesus himself hear me even if Jesus himself a person would show up and say I'm Jesus and they are preaching the word of God they have something to say as it relates to the the scriptures and the authority of the scriptures, then you as a Christian, we have the responsibility to go to listen what they say, listen to what they say, and then we should go away and search the scriptures to see if what they're telling you is the truth. And that's your responsibility. See, too often we just come to church, we sit and we listen, and we go away and believe it. Listen, no, you need to come with a ready mind. Yeah. You need to come wanting to hear from God. When I come to church, I come because I am expecting a word from God. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. Is there any other person? Amen. I come because I, I don't come to church because I want to see y'all. I love you. <laughs> I love every one of you. But I don't come for that reason. I come to church because I am expecting to hear a word from God. And the interesting thing about it, when you come to church expecting to hear something from God, guess what happens? you hear something. It's an amazing thing. You come to hear something, you do. If you come, I am trying to hear it. I don't have a ready mind. I don't want to hear nothing. I just want to get through this because it's Sunday and I'm supposed to be in church. When you come like that, you probably ain't going to hear nothing, honey. But if you come saying, God, I want to hear a word from you. God, I know you have a word for me. Look, I'm a pastor and I come to get a word from God. Because Amen. Amen. I need a word. Amen. I've been preparing and getting ready. And, and I'm still saying, God, listen, if you want me to shut up, I, I will try. And God, if you really... <laughs> If you want me to, you know, God, I want to hear a word from you. So these guys came with a ready mind and we need to come with a ready mind. We need to come and sit and say, listen, you know, there's a word for me. And that's why I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to take notes, not because I'm trying to keep you awake or not because I want your hands to be busy I want you to take notes so you can write down the things that I say. And there's a scripture reference here, and there's a scripture reference there. And, and Rodney, you said this. And write down just a little bit that you can remember. And then you go home, and don't just take the notes and keep them in your Bible, but you go home, and in your quiet time, because you need to have a quiet time daily, then you take out those notes, and you go, man, yeah, yeah, man, well, look, I wrote that down. I wrote this down. And, and then you run across something, and you go, man, I, I don't know. Understand that. I mean, you know, I think I think Rodney was wrong about that. Now that does happen rarely. <laughs> People come up to me and they say, uh, "Pastor Rodney," they say, "You know what?" Um, they go, eh, and you can always tell because they're kind of uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And they come, and they go. Well, Pastor, Pastor Rodney, you know, um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't mean to correct you and everything. I don't mean to correct you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, then why are you? And, and, well, you know, I really don't mean to correct you, Pastor Rodney, but, you know, you know I, I, I noticed something you said here and you said there, and I don't see that in the scriptures, and they're all uncomfortable about it, and I'm never uncomfortable about that. Absolutely never. Because, first of all, that helps me to understand that they are doing what Acts 17:11 tells them to do is to go search the scripture. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. And secondly, I realize that I am fallible. I can make a mistake. I, I can say something, and, and it's pretty rare, but I could make a mistake, <laughs> and, 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 and I could say something fallible. I'm, I'm just a man. I'm just studying the word and trying to learn something to come and share what God has given me with you. I could make a mistake. It doesn't mean just because you're teaching the Bible that you can never say anything wrong. So I understand that. That's okay with me. And I enjoy it, actually, when people come in a nice way. (laughs) Some folks be like, oh, let me tell you something right now. We're over in a gas station church. Remind me of a story. True story. We're over in a gas station church, and you guys remember how small that church was. And uh, this guy came to church, and, you know, he... After service, you know, he, he had like a stack of Bibles, I kid you not. He had like a stack of Bibles, Strong's Concordance, Dictionary, and I was like, wow, that's a lot of books. I mean, <laughs> you know, and he goes, well, he goes, I just want to tell you something. Well, according to the Greek language and according to the Hebrew, and you said this and you said that, and he was, you know, and oh, and by the way, that stage is just that you shouldn't have a stage in a sanctuary. And I, I said, well, why ever not? And he said, well, because you're lifting people up and we shouldn't be lifting people up. And he's gone all into this. And I'm just like, okay, uh, security. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you got a constructive word, absolutely. But I'm fallible like anybody else. Just because you're sharing the word of God doesn't make you infallible, but it is also your responsibility, saints, to search the scriptures, to take the notes that you are given to take the word of God and study it for yourself. Listen, if you're not going to study the word of God, if we're not going to be Bereans who study the word, who, who, who learn from the word, who, who grow in the word, then, then why even come to church? I mean, if we're not going to take the word of God and go away and begin to read it and study it for ourselves. And that's one thing about Christians, and is a real problem in the church. We believe pretty much anything that somebody tells us. Versus saying, you know, I want to study the Word. Just because, you know, a man is charismatic and witty and funny and, you know, clever, we'll listen to that and just go, oh yeah, well he must be right. No! Just because a church is a large church does not mean it's a church that's staying true to God's Word. Amen. Somebody say amen, would you? Amen. No, we need to be Bereans. We need to study the scriptures to see if these things are so. Study the word for yourself. Learn God's word for yourself. And it's an amazing thing. When you begin to take in God's word, you get strong in the Lord. When you begin to study God's word, you know God's word for yourself. And if we're going to be the kind of people that just listen to what we're saying, then why come to church? Why not just order a CD, stay home, and let me tell you what to believe? Because you need to come. Because you need to study God's word. Now let me just give you a few points if you're taking notes. And I think probably after all that, you probably are right now (laughs) taking notes. Let me give you just a couple of three things, if you will, that made these Bereans more fair-minded or more noble than those of Thessalonica. You want to notice, first of all, that as I said, they came with a ready mind. They came hungry for the word. I love a church that's hungry for the word. Amen, Amen, saints? I love a church that's hungry for the word. And you can tell a church that's hungry for the word. Because the people going into that church are carrying their Bibles. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell a lot about a church before you even go in the doors. You really can. I had, I say this sadly, the unfortunate opportunity to visit a church in the last three weeks. And I, you know what, I've been in Calvary Chapel. I'm here every Sunday. I don't know what's going on. So I honestly went to a church, and I was shocked. I was shocked that, first of all, how many people did not have their Bibles. You want to know something about a church? You don't have to come into church and sit on the back row. Because a lot of times when you go visit a church, you, you you can always tell kind of, who the visitors are because they, they, a lot of them sit on the back row. It's almost like in case we have to escape, we need to, we need to be on the back row. I don't know what's going on here, you know. So, but you don't have to come into church and sit on the back row. If you want to know a lot about a church, sit in the parking lot and just watch how many people are carrying their Bibles. Listen, be afraid, be very afraid at a church where people are not carrying their Bibles in the door. Don't misunderstand me. Carrying your Bible does not make you holy, Say amen, saints. It's not a badge, but carrying your Bible does indicate going into a church that that church teaches the Bible. It is an indication. I walked into this church and I'm walking in the parking lot and I'm noticing how many people don't have their Bible. And then I get in and and the pastor's walking around the sanctuary and spitting out a whole bunch of unrelated scriptures and, and people are like, yeah, pastor, preach. Yeah, pastor, preach. And I'm like, Am I the only one hearing this? What is going on here? I mean, he's not teaching the word. He hadn't told the people to open their Bibles. Conversely, people come here and after service, they say, I'm amazed that, you know, you actually read the Bible. I'm like, yeah. That's all I know to do. I don't, man, I don't get I don't get it how these guys, you know, come up with all this clever, cool stuff every week and all these different topics and what they're going to speak on. And I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't know how they do it. it. Verse by verse, to me, is the best way to do. God knows. See, God knows verse by verse is for dummies. Don't say amen. All right. Because You guys are verse by verse. It's, it's easy because, you know, you know where we're going. You know, if we leave off on verse nine last week, we're going to pick up on verse 10 this week. You know that. And it's very easy. But people are not studying the word anymore. And when the word of God is not being taught, people don't have a hunger for the word. So what we notice from here is that they were hungry for the word. They They had a ready mind. These Bereans were excited to feed off the word. Secondly, what made them more noble or more fair minded is that it was based on scripture. Notice they searched the scriptures. It was based on scripture, the preaching. And then, thirdly, if you're taking notes, notice the Bereans were daily in the word. We pointed that out. Every day, they just didn't get in the Word on Sundays and on Wednesday. It was every day they were reading something from the Scriptures. Very important. And then notice in verse 12, as we just read it, the result of them searching the Scriptures was that many believed. And it seems that the church became strong because of the teaching of the Word of God. And the Bereans were concerned about Paul's life, and so they sent escorts to take him to Athens which is 200 miles to the south of Berea. And now, beginning in verse 16, Paul is in the city of Athens. Check out what happens. Look at verse 16. Saints, you're there. Say amen. Amen. And while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit, in the Greek language, was physically shaken. He was provoked. You ever be ever been so upset about something or so moved by something that you're physically shaking. Paul was provoked. His spirit was shaking within him when he saw that the city, notice, was given over to idols. Therefore, circle that word, he reasoned in the scriptures, or pardon me, reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, And in the Agora, that's the marketplace, A-G-O-R-A, the Agora, daily, with those who happen to be there. And then certain Epicureans and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And some said, what does this seed picker, babbler, want to say? And others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection, and they took him in verse 19 and they brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, they said. And therefore we want to know what things th- this means. For the Athenians in verse 21 and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else, check this out, but either to tell or to hear. Some new thing. You know, it sounds like daytime talk
0: shows.
1: (laughs) Reality television. And just when you think it got as weird as it possibly could get, guess what? It gets weirder. Amazing. So you want to notice in our text, Paul is in Athens. He's restless. And he was supposed to wait on the team to get there. While Paul is in his hotel room. Looking out the window, he sees the city of Athens and he looks out and he sees that the city, according to the scriptures, is given over to idols. Literally in a Greek language, it means that they were really under idol worship or they were swamped by idols. And when Paul is in his hotel room, he looks out, he sees all of these idols. He sees that the people are swamped by idols. It is said that at the time of this writing, when Paul was in Athens, that there were more than, listen, 30,000 statues or temples in Athens at the time. One Roman historian said, in Athens, it was easier to find a god than a man. There were gods Everywhere, Paul could look out and see these gods. You know, gods. You know, it reminds me when I was in India. You know, I've been there a couple of times, and and remember, remember when I came back on one of my trips and I showed you guys a picture of what I called an idol factory. You guys remember that? And 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 the thing that was most striking to me. I mean, we're we're traveling down the road. We're in India, and uh, we're in Hyderabad, India, and we're traveling down the road, and and I happen to see it's a tent. When you talk about a factory there, you're talking about a tent. But they had these huge, larger-than-life statues of elephants, 10, 12, 15 feet high, of elephants and monkeys. I got a picture of, of, of some of the idol makers, and they were making their god, which is another sermon. You're making your god. And they're covered in plaster and, you know, and I took a picture. If you remember, I took a picture of one of the elephants and and inside, these things are made of fiberglass and plastic. And I took a picture inside because these huge gods, these elephant, big, huge gods are, are empty on the inside. They're hollow. Amen. And I immediately thought of what David said when he said the idols of the world, talking about the idols. He says that they have eyes, but they can't see, hands, but they can't feel, ears, but they can't hear ears but they can't hear and and mouths but they can't speak. He says, and they that make them are like unto them. And so I read this and Paul's looking out over Athens and he sees all of these gods, and he sees thirty thousand statutes and gods. And, 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 and idols everywhere. Gods are everywhere. Temples are everywhere. The chief god of Athens is Paulus Athenius, who stood with a sword in his hand. The god of Zeus and Neptune had massive pillars there. And many gods could be seen for miles. Notice the word therefore. I had you underline it in verse 17. The word therefore. Now listen, saints. If you've been around here in Calvary Chapel, help me out. When you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's. Therefore, and the word therefore in our text, listen, it connects back to the previous thought. Paul saw the idolatry and he went to the synagogue and he tried to reason with the people. You see, it's one thing to see there's a problem and it's another thing to do something about it. Amen, saints. And Paul didn't say, hey, you know, what a shame. All these gods, you guys are you guys are idol worshipers. What a shame. Paul didn't do that. The Bible says he reasoned in the synagogue, and then he went down to the agora, to the marketplace. And when he got to the agora, he ran into two groups of people.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.